Blog Talk Radio. All right. Well, let's take us a songbook out and let's stand together. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We're going to turn over to number 95. Number 95. Kneel at the cross. Let's, let's sing out good and strong this morning. Kneel at the cross. Christ will meet you there, come while he waits for you. Listen to his voice, leave with him your care, and begin life anew. Kneel at the cross, leave every care. Kneel at the cross. Jesus will meet you there. Kneel at the cross. There is room for all who would his glory share. Lest there await, harm can there befall those who are anchored there. Kneel at the cross. Kneel at the cross, Jesus will meet you there. Kneel at the cross, give your idols up, look unto realms above. Turn not away to life's sparkling cup, trust only in his love. Kneel at the cross, leave every care, kneel at the cross, Jesus will meet you there. Amen. Well, it's good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. I'm thankful for the, I'm thankful he woke me up and thankful for the sunshine. Amen. The nice, cool. And, you know, it's been hot, but it's been cool, too. But thank God for the cool breezes we've been getting. Usually about this time of year, it's a stifling. You can't hardly breathe. But God's been merciful and give us some nice, cool afternoons. I just praise God for that. Uh, prayer request this morning. Yes, Miss Charlotte. I have not this Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Remember to her lift her up in prayer. Or Dr. Spong, yes, Miss Tammy. Okay, I'm Yes, ma'am. Well, praise God for that. Yes. Woo. Wow. Wow, he can get on with it. Praise God for that. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Well, praise God that it's benign. We'll 
be praying for him, absolutely. Robert mentioned Bubba this morning. He had a heart attack, and they carried him out in the ambulance this morning. So pray for him. Don't know his situation right now, but it's in God's hands. I'll just pray that, that he works it out for the best. Anybody else? Yes, sir. I want to send a couple of others who are all right. Okay. All right. Amen. Sure will, brother. We'll be praying for you, for your health, and praying for God to heal you, praying for God to give you give you ease and comfort, praying for your family. Anybody else? Yes, Cole. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They need prayer, brother. They've, they've taken the leaders of it, and they've gotten rid of them, put in a bunch of liberals. And you got a military that don't know what to do. Uh, they don't want to follow. They don't probably want to follow the orders that's given to them. But they, you know, they, they're going they're going to be in a mess one of these days. They really need our prayer. Uh, yeah, others this morning. Can you get any news on how she is? Okay. All right. Well, y'all lift her up in prayer. She's back home, but she can't get she can't get feeling right. Just remember, pray for Dan. Pray. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Are we praying? Pray for Anya. Yes, I was going to mention that. Yes, y'all pray for Anya, too. Yeah, all right. Anybody else? I got a laundry list, folks. Y'all know my laundry list, so God knows it, too. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Anybody else before we pray? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and ask God to meet with us and meet these prayer requests. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Number 100, there in a second. You can go ahead and find it if you want to. While they're doing that, let me let me make a couple more quick announcements. First of all, let me remind you that when the when the message is over today, we've got a lot of food back there. Now we've got family coming to eat too. But we, every one of y'all are welcome to come and eat with us. We want you to come and eat with us. Uh, we're going to celebrate Savannah's birthday, but we've got 
Well, me and her done bought a bunch of groceries, so y'all got to eat them because I can't eat it all, okay? So we got all kinds of good things to make big old submarine sandwich. You can put all kinds of stuff on it. So please stay and eat with us. And uh, I do want to remind you that we'll be here Wednesday night, but then we're going to leave Friday for vacation. And uh, we'll be gone from Friday until the following Saturday. We're going up to Tennessee. And uh, But anyway, Brother Kenny Cantrell from over in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is coming, and he'll be here next Sunday. And uh, he'll, be, he'll be teaching Sunday school and preaching in the morning service. And, of course, next Sunday is the last Sunday of the month. So don't forget, you got to prepare, what, a, a ladies, a, one main dish and a dessert. Or a, a dish and a dessert. That's what we'll stick with. That's what the that's what the platform has been. I figure that'll work. But uh, anyway, y'all, please make it, brother, feel welcome. I talked to him. Seems like a really, really good Christian man, and uh, and I think you'll enjoy him. He said he likes small country churches. So I said, well, you'll fit right in here. So anyway, uh, Kenny Cantrell, he'll be with us next Sunday. So be in prayer for him. That Lord bring him bring you something that you need next Sunday, and be praying for us as we're gone and traveling. And uh, pray for pray for me, cause uh, I know it's gonna we're gonna spend a lot of money, and I don't like doing that. So <laughs> pray pray for my tightwad problem, cause I have one. Anyway, let's 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 sing. Let's let's go. Let's enough of that talk. Let's go to the Lord, and I mean not, let's go to the Lord and worship this morning. One hundred. He's the lily of the valley. I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley. The bright and morning star, he's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my grief has taken, and all my sorrows borne. In his patience, he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols torn from my heart, and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me, and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna, he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory, to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Praise God. Let's turn over to 113. 113. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. I sure am glad I'm, I know that I'm saved. Amen. I, I, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for something that, that I was afraid I was going to lose constantly. Amen. Let's sing. Blessed assurance. 
Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now birth on my side. Angels descending, break from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior and happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. With His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Let's turn to the number one, our first song in the book. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Amen. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Lord of all, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. 
and he is. Praise God. He is Lord of all. Amen. We sure ought to treat him like that, too. Y'all give me just a second. I got to find something. Robert called me last night. He said, I want you to sing a song. I'm going to sing it. I got to find it first, though, brother. There it is. It's sure good to be in church. I'm sure thankful for my church family. I tell you what, I'm thankful for Jesus. Thankful for what He's done for me. He bled and died 
but it sure don't provide nothing. Amen. And you got crazy concoctions from all kinds of weirdos. Amen. That won't satisfy you. But I tell you what, God satisfies my longing. Amen. Ain't a, ain't 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 no ain't too many preachers out there preaching the truth. But I can go to the Word of God and I get it straight from the source. And I'm thankful for it. Uh, Acts chapter two, verse forty-two through forty-seven. We're going to look this morning at the beginning of the the beginning of the early New Testament church. Amen. That's a big topic. A lot of people. Oh, we need to get back to the way it used to be, the way it started. The, the early New Testament church. As if there was some grandiose magic formulas that they had in that day and time that we can't seem to get our hands around today. We can't get our heads around, and that's why we say, well, we, we ain't got it like the early church did. And, and you know what? That's pretty well right. But it's simple. The, the, the great thing about it is it's simple. Formula is so simple, and that's what we're going to look at today. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and let's read. I tell you what, let's back up. To, let's throw verse 41 in there just just for the sake of, of, of continuity here. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne. And Lord, we need you so much today. Lord, in this very hour, we need you to pour your spirit out here among us. Pour, Lord, pour out your spirit in abundance, Father. I pray, Lord, that you'd fill us, Lord, not not just our heart, but our minds. Lord, I pray that, Lord, our minds would not wander this morning. Lord, but just for this next little bit of time, Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, we, we sit and we intently watch television shows. Some sit and intently watch movies for hours. Lord, give us give us a good 30 minutes of intently listening to your word. Father, may we find your word more important than the things we have on our agenda today. Lord, this week, whatever it may be, whatever burden may be bothering us at the moment, set it aside. Lord, that we may absorb these truths. Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God may take them and use them, Lord, as greasy wrenches to fix what's wrong in our life and our church. Lord, I pray as your, as your preacher this morning, Lord, that you'd cleanse me. Lord, forgive me of any sin in my life. Lord, I want you to fill my life completely with your Holy Spirit. Lord, every fiber of my being is yours. Use me for your glory. Lord, I pray each one here today would echo that same sentiment, Lord, that they're yours. Speak to them. Talk to them right where they live. Address the issues, the problems in their life. And, Lord, show them, teach them 
Lord, how we can have victory in this hour we live in. Father, I'm yours and you're mine, and I'm so grateful. I pray now you breathe on me and use me, your servant, for your glory. And I'll give you all the praise, and Lord, magnify Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. What we're talking about basically this morning is fundamentals. Fundamentals. Everybody here this morning got here in an automobile, right? Some of it was truck. Some of you was an SUV. Some of you was a car. But everybody got here in an automobile. Did you know you could drive up here without a radio in your automobile? If your radio broke and you couldn't turn it on, you could drive up here without your radio. If your air conditioner went out, you would not like it. You had to ride with the windows down and your hair would get messed up. But you still could make it to church. Amen. A pocket comb or brush could fix your problems. You could still get here. You know, even if your back seat had caught on fire and burned up, you didn't have a back seat. As long as you got enough room in the front, you could still get to church. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say radios and air conditioners and back seats are not fundamental to an automobile. They're not fundamental. You can make it up here with a, without a rear bumper. But you know what? If you didn't have a battery in your car when you went out this morning, you ain't coming to church. Because that's a fundamental need of an automobile. If you don't have a battery on it, you're not going anywhere. You know, you couldn't have made it this morning if you didn't have a steering wheel. That's fundamental to an automobile. Without one, you ain't going anywhere. A transmission, wheels, those things are fundamental to an automobile. We take biscuits. Can we make biscuits without baking powder? Wouldn't be much of a biscuit, would it? Yeah, yeah, flat pancake. Can you make biscuits without flour? Without some kind of shortening or butter or something? Those are fundamental ingredients to a biscuit. Amen. I love biscuits. Praise God for biscuits. Hallelujah. That's, that's good preaching right there. I love that. But what I'm trying to say, but some things are just fundamental. And if you take one or more of those things out, you don't have the thing you're talking about. And what I'm trying to get across to you this morning is that this early New Testament church had all the fundamental ingredients that God says a church ought to have, and they had God's blessing poured out on that church. There's no denying that God was blessing that church. Now, we can step back and say, well, these must have been really good people. They must have been really good people. You know, I think they were really dedicated people. But I think they had sin issues just like we all do. They fell down and they got back up. And they fell down and they got back up. They kept going. They were all committed Christians. Amen? So let's look this morning. So, I, you know, again, we, we, we hear people talk about, boy, we just need it like the early church. We just need to get back to what the early church was doing. Well, let's consider this early church for a minute. Consider that they had almost none of the things that we now often think to be an essential in our church services. They didn't have none of these things. Now, listen, they didn't have, they didn't have a church building. You say, well, how was they a church? what some people would say. How was they a church? They didn't have a building. This ain't a, this ain't a church. This right here we're, we're sitting in ain't a church. You can say it's a church, but it's not a church. A church is me and you. We make a, We are the body of Christ. We are his holy building. This is just a facility. 
Now, we've, we've consecrated to God, and we, we, we said, Lord, this is yours. But in all essence, God, God never told the church to go hold property. They didn't have any property. At no church building, not one single church building is mentioned in the entire New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Not one. You'd think that was something in Scripture, wouldn't you? But no, it's not. <clears throat> they met in people's houses. They met in the porches of the temple. They met in borrowed synagogues. They met in vacant lots. Or they simply met by the seaside. But they met. And they were faithful. He said, well, they had the greatest preachers. I mean, they must have had some really great educated preachers. Well, their preachers were unlearned. They were ignorant men. When I say ignorant men, I don't mean that they were stupid. I just mean they ain't never been nowhere. Amen? You take somebody from one of these rural communities out here that ain't never been out of Red River County, they're not going to be powerfully educated. They don't know a lot. They haven't seen a whole lot. Listen, I told you all before, I grew up in Arkansas. I grew up in, I mean, if you want to find one of the most backward places in the world, you go to where I'm from. We had one grocery store. It was kind of like the food basket used to be down here. You know, like I told you, they had red tomatoes, and I thought that was all there was. They had yellow squash. I thought that's all there was. They had green bell peppers, and I thought that's all there was. I had to get out of there before I realized God made it in all kinds of colors. Amen? They all taste different. What a wonderful experience it was to get out of that county and discover something. But these men ain't never been to work. They never went to college. But what had they done? They'd walked with Jesus. That's what they'd done. They walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they had mighty power because they had walked with Jesus. Not because of any earthly teaching that they had got. Not because of, uh, well, their mom and daddy must have been really smart. No. Some of them's daddy was a fisherman. They're probably smart in ways of fishing, but not in the ways of God, necessarily. They had mighty power, and they had great spiritual wisdom. Now, where did they get that? It came from the Lord. Amen? They didn't have any organization at all. They had no officers except the apostles. That was it. And there were thousands of members before there was a single deacon elected. That's the early New Testament church. Well, what a disorganized bunch. They ain't even know to meet. <laughs> it's backwards how we look at things. As far as we know, they didn't have any musical instruments either. They didn't have any songbooks. They didn't have libraries full of books. I wonder how they made it. <laughs> what they had was the power of God. That's what they had. They had Holy Ghost power. Do you hear me? They had Holy Ghost power. What does that mean, preacher? That means where they went, God went. When they spoke, God spoke. When they moved, God moved. They were so attuned to what God wanted that everywhere they went, they got, God was able to work through them. Now, like I said, I've heard people ever since I've been in the ministry talking about, you know, the early church, first century Christianity. There's a, there's a church of Christ on Lamar Avenue on their sign. It says, striving for first century Christianity. Well, say you got to get rid of your doctrine before you're going to get that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it's true. They had something very special, very, very special. But the great thing is, we can have it today. You and I can have what they had 
on, on the early days of the New Testament church. We can have it today. Now, if you don't believe me, this message ain't going to do you a, work, a bit of good. But if you'll, if you'll listen, if you'll, if you'll take this in, you'll see that what they had, you and I can have to do, today, right here today at Temple Baptist Church, we can have it from this point forward, and we can go forward and do the work of God and be successful. It's possible. All right? But we just got to look at the ingredients that go into that. Like I said, to get here in an automobile, you've got to have a motor and a transmission, a battery, a steering wheel. You've got to have a gear shifter or, or some way to put it in gear, and you've got to have wheels to get you there. Other than that, I mean, I know you've got to have lights and all that too, but, but the fundamental parts is what it takes to get you here. We can have all the – like we can we, – Man, we can we can we can uh, we can take all these these seats out. We can get the finest seats you can put in, in a building. I mean, listen, we can we can put high tech equipment in here. I mean, we can buy her the finest piano that man's ever heard. All those things. I mean, really, we could do just all kinds of crazy, you know, over the top things. But that wouldn't make our experience in here any different. It really. I mean, you might be more comfortable, but it wouldn't make your experience with God in here any different. What matters. Is him. I'm gonna give you seven things. I got 20 minutes. I can do it. I believe I can. Number one, I'm gonna give you these things. Now you make note of these things if you got something to make note with. But these are simple. You know these things already innately. But if we look at them, we put them all together. Again, you take one out, you don't have what God says the church needs. Number one, they had assurance of their salvation. Amen. They they weren't wishy washy about it. They didn't they didn't wonder. They didn't let somebody give them some kind of false information and then go around wondering and scared. They No, they knew that they had been saved. The Bible said that they that gladly received his word. You see, I'm not standing on an experience. I was there. I was there. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember leaving the bathroom, walking into my bedroom, and asking my mama, if I died tonight, would I go to hell? I remember asking her that question, and I remember her response. If you know you're a sinner, then yes, you would. And I said, yes, ma'am, I know I'm a sinner. And I and that was the beginning of me getting born again. I remember it. I was there. I'm, I, I, that, that, gives me, that gives me some comfort, but it doesn't give me the peace in knowing what the Bible says about salvation. Amen? I, I remember Brother Hollis Pirtle. I remember walking down the, the aisle and shaking his hand and telling him I'd gotten saved the night before and, and that I wanted to be baptized. And they baptized me that night. But that doesn't give me the peace that what the Word of God says about believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I know I'm saved because the Word of God says so. They believed they were saved on the assurance of the Word of God. John 10 uh, 27 through 29, Jesus said these words. He, again, on God's word. He said, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to me. They hear what I'm saying to them. And, and I know them, and they follow me. They're my, he's my shepherd. I'm his sheep. And he said, and I give unto them eternal life. They didn't earn it. They're not trying to earn it. They can't do a thing to earn it. I give it to them. It's free. I give it because I paid for it. Eternal life, and they shall never perish. It'll never go bad. They don't have to keep up payments. They can't lose it. It's eternal. It's forever. They shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The devil can't steal it. Can't nobody else steal it. They can't mess up and lose it and drop it and forget it. 
And he said, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man's able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And in verse 30, he said, I and my father are one. So Jesus settled it. Anybody who want to try to talk Jesus out of what he said is a fool. He said it's forever. Amen? Y'all agree with that? Number one, I don't think we got a problem having that one. I think we got that settled. If you're not sure you're saved, what I want you to do when we have the invitation, you come up here and we'll talk about it. And we can get it settled this morning if you're not 100% sure that you're saved. Amen? But number two, they were baptized. They were baptized. The Bible said they that gladly received his word were baptized. There was no hesitancy. They didn't put it off and say, well, we'll, 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 get, we'll get them out with Easter. It'd be all right. We'll just, and some churches do that. They'll wait for Easter Sunday and then baptize everybody for the year. That ain't scriptural. That's not the way God wants us to do it. Some people got to wait around and, and have, have people vote on them. Uh, and, well, you think this is safe? You think, uh, listen. There was no hesitancy. They baptized them. They said, I believe. I trust in Christ. Okay, we'll baptize you. You don't have to go through a, a long pro, uh, program to wait to get back. And then, you know what? I've heard this so many times. I don't know if y'all ever heard this or not. It's usually, it's usually a parent it's usually a parent who's backslidden, ain't been in church in a long time, and their kid gets saved, and you try to talk, and look, well, let them get back. Well, they need to wait until they understand it better. Have y'all ever heard that? You know what that means? I don't know anything about it. That's what that means. Understand it better. There's no need to wait and understand it better. They openly committed themselves to Christ. So now they're going to openly identify themselves with Christ. Again, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. They put him on their uniform to say, I am now a Christian. I am no longer an unbelieving Jew. I am now a believing Jew. I am now a, a, a believer in the Messiah. I have trusted him as my Savior. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. In other words, we are, we're putting on that uniform of his death for us. He died for us. That like, a, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Again, we're picturing being raised from the dead. We're, that, that old us is gone. The new us is what's here now. And we're not saying it happened under the water. It don't happen in the water. We're saying publicly what's already happened on the inside. So they were baptized. They were saved. They were sure of it, and they got baptized. Number three, the Bible said they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. You know what that tells me? They came to church. They were together. They weren't stragglers. They were committed to Christ. They were committed to gathering together. You know, if you're going to have a church, you got to meet. And I ain't picking on nobody and I ain't mad at nobody this morning, but I'm just simply saying, if you're going to have a church, you've got to meet. It takes support. Amen? Everybody needs it. Everybody's got to have it. Amen? We can't. We're not strong enough without it. You know, they had a church membership. They may not have had a church membership role. They might not have had a filing system. They might not have had a record book. But there was, there was some group of Christians in there who, who passed on the eligibility of those who came to be baptized. They said, yes, we, we, we believe they are saved, and so therefore they ought to get baptized. 
if there was any question about their salvation to begin with. And we see that in the Word of God in Acts chapter 10, verse 47. The question is asked, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? They've been saved. Is there any reason y'all come up with why we shouldn't baptize them? There they were, they were, they were some... I mean, there was a question, but it wasn't a long, drawn-out process. It was simply a question. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he wanted to join himself to the disciples after his Damascus Road experience, but they put him off until other people vouched for him in Acts nine twenty-six. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself, or he wanted to join himself to the disciples. That was his intention. But they were all afraid of him, is what the Bible says. Why? Because he was... Going to kill Christians. He was going to lock them up, kill them, whatever he could do, get rid of them. And that's what they'd known. And you know what it looked like to them? It looked like a spy. He tried to come in here acting like he's one of us. Now he's going to get rid of us. So they were afraid of him. And they believed not that he was a disciple. They had to wait until somebody else stood up and said, no, 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 we know better. We know better. He's serving God now. He's saved. Amen? And, and then the brethren wrote letters to other Christians to receive Apollos when he came. In Acts 18.27, and when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. So they, they wrote a letter to let them know. And then in Romans, uh, in Romans chapter 16, verse 1, there's mention of uh, a sister named Phoebe. It's, it, it talks about Phoebe. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Korea, however you say that. I don't know how you say that. But anyway. So they were they were they were they may not have had it all organized just like everybody does today, but they certainly were on top of things. They certainly were keeping it together, whether they had a filing system or not. They knew who was saved and who wasn't, and they were on top of that, and it was important to them that a person had truly received the Lord Jesus Christ before they were ever allowed to come into membership. They had to be saved and they had to be baptized. Now Somebody might say, well, they were just being too hard on But No, that's the way you have to be. Otherwise, you wind up with a church full of lost people. Listen, we only allow people to come in that's been saved and have accepted, have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and have followed the Lord and believers' baptism. That's a requirement for church membership. So there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What that means, it means that many became accepted as members of the congregation. When they received Christ, many of those became members of that congregation. I'm sure some of them spoke other language, went back to their countries, and they formed small groups here and there. We don't know about all of them, but not all 3,000 people stayed in Jerusalem. But there was, but the, but those who did, perhaps some of them did. They were added to the congregation, and they were received as Christians. And that church membership included fellowship. They treated them as brothers and sisters. Their family. And the Bible says, and in breaking bread. That's the Lord's Supper. That's what that means. It says, from house to house, the breaking of bread. Now, we, we have Lord's Supper. We have it here. We do it right here because this is where we meet. But if you were living back then, they say, we went, we went out to Grant's to meet and have church. Well, we'd have Lord's Supper at Grant's. We went over to Robert's house and met over in Boston. The next time, we, you know, we felt like having Lord's Supper, then we'd have it there. That's what they did. They did it. They did it probably fairly often. Why did they do it? It's a memorial. 
it, it, it shows us, the bread shows us his body that was pierced for us, that it was beaten for us, that he suffered in his body for our sins. And it's to remind us of that. It's to remind us lest we should get lax in our, in our daily battle against sin in our life, lest we should let our guard down and, and become backslidden. It reminds us, hey, wait a minute, he was punished. That was put on him. So we're doing something that he was punished for. We're, we're just, it's like we just have no concern about it, that he took my stripes, that he took my punishment for me, that he bore my sin. It's as though we're ignoring that if we just go on and walk in sin. So that memorial is there to remind us so that we think on it and the Holy Spirit convicts us and we go, oh, i got to get that out of my life. i got to quit doing that. And the, and, the, and, the, and the blood of the grape, the grape juice, is there to remind us of his sinless, perfect, spotless, pure blood that was shed for our sins, which took our sins away. They did that regularly. There was a fellowship among them that they, 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 the world didn't know nothing about. When they came together, there was a sweet fellowship amongst them. Find that out in their daily walk, in their daily lives amongst unbelievers. So they were baptized. They were saved. And they had church membership. Four. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Steadfastly. Constantly. Did no change. They, they continued on in the apostles' doctrine. What did that mean in the apostles? It means in the teaching which the apostles gave. And we now have that teaching in the Word of God. What were they teaching? They were teaching what Christ taught them. That's the equivalent of them daily studying the Word of God. That's what they were doing. They were studying the things that the apostles had taught them. In John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, Now listen, if ye continue in my word, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. That makes sense. If I keep listening to what God says, if I keep uh, hanging on God's words, it's, uh, you know, because I realize that's my source of instruction. It ain't one of my sources of instruction. It is my source of instruction. If I look at God's word as just a source of instruction, I have ceased to make him Lord in my life. If, if this book is not the most important thing in your life as far as instruction and leading and guidance, then you are off the path. They continued in the Word of God. It was their lifeblood road map. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. And the disciple means that disciplined one. You're not disciplined if you can't follow. And he said, and you shall know the truth. If you follow me, you'll know the truth. Why? Because you'll be reading constantly. You'll get familiar with the truth. You'll, you'll, you'll recognize the truth. You'll, you'll be comfortable in the truth. You'll have peace with the truth. You'll know the truth and it'll set you free. Set me free? Set me free from what? Sin. That's what it sets you free from. It's hard It's hard to sin when you're in sweet communion with God. It is. It's hard to sin when you're reading the Bible. It's hard to sin when you've got a regular daily prayer life that you're working on. It's hard. When your mind is focused on God, it's hard for the devil to pull it onto the things of, of, of sin. Why? Because you have a sweet fellowship with the Lord. You don't want to leave that to go lose your fellowship with the Lord. 
if you're, if you're, it's when we, it's when we stop fellowshipping with the Lord and we begin to follow our own pursuits and we follow the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. That's when we get backslid from the Lord, and that's when we're in bond. We put ourselves in bondage. The Lord has made us free. We walk over willingly and say, "Okay, devil, let's go." We got to continue in the Word daily. Say, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, read your Bible every day. Do you, do you study the Word of God? Do you read it? Do you seek God's will? 2 Timothy 3.14, he, Paul told Timothy, but continue, continue, continue. Don't ever stop. Don't change it. Don't give up. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Continue. Stay with it. Don't quit. Don't back up. 1 John 2.19, John said, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, then they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be, it may be manifest they were not all of us. In other words, they were here and they were trying to be a part of things, but they really didn't believe what we believed. They really didn't stick with what we stuck with, so that's why they left. They didn't continue. I've seen that happen all through my ministry. It's sad. It breaks my heart. I look back on my time in Paris, and I can think of family after family after family. Their lives are just absolute desolation because they walked away from serving God. Now, I don't—I mean, I don't know that they had it to begin with. They—they they tried to act like some of them tried to act like they did, and I think it was more they wanted to please their pastor than they wanted to please God. Now, not all of them. There's some of them that are—they're that are faithfully serving God, but there's some of them. Their heart wasn't in it. And if your heart's not in it, you're not going to stay with it. Amen? If you're not really committed to Christ, you're not going to walk with him. If you're, not, if you're not committed to Christ, you're not going to read his word. If you're not committed to Christ, you're not going to have a prayer life or anything. No. He wants us to continue. Number five. They continued daily and regularly in earnest prayers. He tells us that in verse 42. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking the bread and in prayers. We want to be like the early Testament church. We're going to be a praying church that believes in answers to prayer. Acts one fourteen. we read this a couple weeks ago. The Bible said they all continued with one accord, that means in harmony, in prayer and supplication. They were there praying, 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 begging God, pleading for the things they needed. And they were all praying for the same thing. One one over praying, oh, God, if you just make me rich. Oh, Lord, if you just make me rich. Another over here saying, oh, God, if you, just, if you just give me a whole house in the country, I'll be happy and won't bother nobody the rest of my life. I'll just stay away from everybody. No, and, and one better praying for, for, for God's will. No, it wasn't like that. They were all praying for God's will to be done. Ephesians 6.18 it tells, it tells us, Paul says, praying always. We're not to give up on praying. We're to pray constantly. We're to keep tabs on our prayer life. We're to go back and revisit our prayer life and say, well, what was I praying for three months ago? Oh, my goodness, God's not answering that. I mean, you go back and if you'll keep a record of what you're praying for, you can go back and check things God's answered and give him glory and praise for it. And you know what? You'll have a, you'll have a hallelujah time right there by yourself when you realize what God has done. And we sing that song, count your blessings, name them one by one. It will surprise you what the Lord has done. We need to really have a prayer life that has some substance to it. They did. 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto. That means looking for God to answer with all perseverance. That means I ain't never going to quit. I know God's faithful. I know God doesn't sleep, and I know God doesn't give up, and I know he's going to answer my prayer. Watching thereunto with all perseverance is supplication for all saints. Colossians 4, 2, he said, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Before God ever answers, when you pray, when you give it to him, and you place it on his altar, you ought to thank him right then for the answer to that prayer. Thank him before he ever gives it. It's just, it's just, hey, it ain't no different to me than pulling up a Dairy Queen and saying, I want, I want a, I want a patty melt and I order onion rings and a coke. And they say, all right. And I say, thank you. You know what I know when I pull around to that window? You guess what's going to be there? My patty melt, my onion rings, and my large coke. Amen. And when I talk to God and I go to Him at the throne of God and I lay my request before God, I say, thank you, Lord, because I know. You know what? When I get to the point where he wants me to have it, I'm going to have it. God's going to give it to me if that's what he wants to give me. If, and if it's in, in his will, I can pray with confidence. Number six, I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. Number six, what else did they have? What else was the ingredient? They learned to give and to share joyfully. They learned to give and to share joyfully. The, the Bible says, that they, let's look down here. It says, and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. When those Jews got saved, their family cut them off. They didn't just cut them off financially. They cut them off relationship-wise. They said, you're dead to me. I don't know you anymore. Don't come back here. When that happened, in some people's cases, they lost everything. So, so, I, there were some women who, who perhaps... They they, had, they didn't have a husband. They have a, uh, all they had was mom and dad. And mom and dad said, "Well, you're we're, we're done with you. Don't know what you're going to do. What were they going to do? They they were destitute. They had nothing. So some people take this passage right here and they say, "Well, they see they practiced communism back then. So it was everybody giving. Everybody everybody just ate out of the same pot. Everybody just lived off the same uh, bank account and everything. Well, no bank account. But you know what I'm trying to say? <clears throat> no, there wasn't no communism." In the first place, they only sold their property and gave the money when it was needed immediately. Notice what it says there. They sold their possessions and good and parted them to all men as every man had need. If there was no need arising at the moment, then they didn't do that. But let's just say, for example, one of them one of them uh, had some some uh, some terrible things come upon them, and they they had a they had a great great need. Well, what happened is the brothers that, that had that had uh, the means, they went and they, they said, hey, well, let's get together, let's help this brother. Or let's help this sister. They rallied together and they helped one another. Y'all ever heard of a, well, what's it called? Samaritan's Purse. It's a medical, it's a, it's a health insurance for Christians. And what you do is you pay in a certain amount every month. You mail them a check every month. And and however much it is, and, and let's say you, you uh, you have some kind of big medical catastrophe. And it's an enormous bill. What do they do? They call upon all their members, all the Christian members around the, the country. Well, they they they're all putting that money in, and they'll take the money from that pool and they'll pay your bill. And I mean that's 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 as simple as it gets. And that that's really a form of what they were doing here. 
every man contributed, and that way everybody's needs were met. There's nothing communist about that. There's nothing atheistic about that. Amen? That, that, that's biblical. Amen? I know there was cases. There was an Ananias and Sapphira. It was theirs while they had it. They were trying to do that, but sin got in the way, and pride got in the way. So everybody ain't got to know how much we really got for that. We told them we'd give them all of it, but couldn't I? We got a good price for that. We can keep back some of it. We're going to be all right. Go on, just give them the other part. That was the problem. They were trying to be deceitful. They were lying to God. Every young, the long and short of it is this, every young Christian ought to learn that there's joy in giving to the Lord. You can't outgive God. You cannot go broke giving to the Lord. God sees everything we do, and God knows all about it. And lastly, it's the one y'all was waiting on. Verse 47. The Bible says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Their testimony was what? They were continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were, I mean, listen, that, again, they, they, these, were not a pe- they, these were not a people that were just embraced by the rest of the world. Not at all. They were a group that stayed together. They fellowshiped together. They went places together. They, they hung around together. They ate together. They spent time together. They went, they went from house to house and visited with one another. And you know what? They run across people as they did that as they went about doing those things. They run across people, family members, other uh, friends, and, and different things of people. And you know what happened? Souls were saved. Because wherever they went, guess what they were doing? They were praising and glorifying God. They were praying people. They were, a, they were a praising people. They were a preaching people. They were glorifying God with their lives. They were committed to the Lord's work. They were committed to their church. They were committed people. And so because of that, whenever they went and they got around somebody who wasn't saved, what was on their mind? What was on their mind was this person needs to know the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That person needs to know so they can have victory over sin and death. What did they do? They shared what they had. Just like they shared with somebody who had a physical need, they shared with somebody who had a spiritual need. Our problem today, we're too focused on us. We're too focused on our personal need right now, what I need right now. And we don't look around us often enough and see the needs of others. This church was a soul-winning church. They were all about people getting saved. They saw new converts added to the church daily. You know what that tells me? They weren't waiting on Sunday. When they, when they left church on Sunday and they went out on Monday, yeah, they were, they were trying to take care of their business, but while they went, they were looking for somebody to tell about Christ. They were looking for somebody to lift up. You and I, if we, if we want the power of the Holy Ghost in this church, then we need to give the Holy Ghost an opportunity to do his work. 
Now, he's working in us. There's no doubt about that. He, when we pray, he prays with us. When we read the Word of God, he's there with us to help us understand. He's there to lift us up, and, and he's there in the midst of our fellowship. He's there uh, in our to give us understanding of the Word of God. But when he gets ready to go to work, it's when there's a lost sinner that needs Jesus. Amen? Guess what that requires? That requires a witness. Here we are. And we're wondering why we don't see what they saw. It's because we're not trying to do what they were trying to do. We're not trying to win the world to Jesus like we ought to be. They were. That's really what it comes down to. If you want to know the missing piece of the puzzle, I mean, we've got the form. We, we come in here and we've got the form of it, but the function is where we fail. And I'm talking to me too. I'm not, I'm not trying to hammer you. I'm tell, telling me too. We have to function as the body of Christ. And if we'll function as the body of Christ, the, the Holy Spirit of God will work through the body of Christ and will bring about those souls being saved. Because, again, you can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. But we can witness because we know what we have been and seen and experienced and have in our own lives, and we can tell them what he's done for us. When we do that, the Holy Ghost of God, God will work in power alongside our witness and will prick their hearts and show them that they need Jesus. And if we'll simply do these seven things, we'll see God work and move in this church. And that's what I want to see more than anything. I want to see God work here. I want to see God move here. I want to see I want to see converts coming in here. I want to see I want to see folks coming in the door saying, This is so and so. I brought them with me. They got saved the other night. I was at such and such store and talking to them and they got saved. Or, or, or they come by my house and visit me and I shared the gospel. They got saved. Whatever it may be. Listen, that's what we need to have here. If we're waiting for them to come in our doors, we'll be sitting here a long time. You think people in Clarksville know there's a church sitting here? I bet they do. Most of them. Why don't they come? Could be they don't know the people here want them to come. Could be they don't know what they're missing. So what do we need to do? We need to go with God to them, share the gospel with them. So they didn't get saved. That don't matter. Invite them to church anyway. Amen? This is not where people come to get saved. People get saved out there. They go out, we go out to the world and win them to Jesus and bring them in here to teach them, to train them. But folks can get saved in here too. But if we want to have, we want to have the power that they had, then we've got to get back to the basics that they were locked into. Amen? Do you want to see this church grow? I do. How many of y'all want to see this church grow? Okay. Well, all right. I guess the next question, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you are willing to commit to these things we read today? Because if you're willing to commit to them, we can have power. God is not stingy. God wants to pour it out on us, but we've got to. We need to get on our faces before God. Not necessarily up here during this service right now, but in our daily walk. When we get up in the morning, we get on our faces before God and say, God, help me today. I want the power of God in my life. I want to see you work in my life. Lord, I want to see our church grow. I want to see people saved. Everybody, every other church in town, they may drive on the vine, but I want this one to thrive. Because this is where you planted me, and I want to I see things grow where I'm planted. Amen? Let's stand together. We're going to sing number 61 here in just a moment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we do. So we're going to sing number 61, Haven of Rest. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you throne this morning. 
Lord, we ask you this morning that you do a work in our lives. Lord, we want we want to see you move in our in our midst. Lord, we want to see you do some mighty powerful things. Lord, we want to see we want to see young people come to Christ. We want to see middle aged people come to Christ. We want to see elderly people come to Christ. Lord, we want this church filled with people that are that are eager to learn and grow and mature and reach others and, and bring others in. Lord, continue to, to perpetuate the cycle of, of, of new Christians being born and growing. Father, please help us. We can't do it without you, Lord. We know we can't do it without you. And Lord, this is as simple as I know how. I'm just begging you, please. Lord, create a, create a first, a hunger in us to see you move in our time right now. Lord, if we'll get that fire burning in us and keep, hit, and keep hitting our knees and keep pounding on the door of heaven, Lord, we know that you'll answer because you want to give it worse than we want to have it. Please, Father, I pray for each one here today, Lord, that our hearts be affected by this. And, Lord, we have a desire that we keep coming to you now. Bless the invitation now in Jesus' name. Amen. Number 61, the hate of red. My soul is back now so Thank you. 
pray, I pray you'll think on that one for a little while. <laughs> 